This is People Every Day. Coming up, the shocking news that J-Lo and A-Rod have ended their engagement. Plus, what you need to know about the Grammys this Sunday. And I chat with actor Ben Lawson from Netflix hit Firefly Lane. It's March 12th. Happy Friday, guys. This is People Every Day, presented by Macy's. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and I am telling you, the news has been all over the place today, just like the weather. I mean, it's so warm out here on the East Coast. I'm definitely heading outside this weekend, uh, safely, of course. Uh, Later in the show, we get an inside look at the Netflix show a lot of people are talking about right now, and that's Firefly Lane. I catch up with Katherine Heigl's Buzzed About co-star Ben Lawson, all about the show and its success and, and how he's doing over in Australia, so stick around for that. But as for today's top stories... Wow. Uh, We have the news, of course, that J-Lo and A-Rod, sorry, Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez have ended their engagement. Uh, Just something no one really saw coming. At least I didn't. Maybe people did. Uh, So we're going to get into that a little bit later as well. But first things first, I want to get you ready for the big show this weekend, and that would be the Grammy Awards. Grammy Awards are finally upon us. I'll be co-hosting the Red Carpet pre-show on People TV this Sunday, so try to catch that. But joining me now to discuss what all is in store for music's biggest night, People Staff Editor Jeff Nelson, who is also a pop music encyclopedia. Hi, Jeff. (laughs) Are you excited? Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. Yes, so excited. I mean, there's a ton of music award shows every year, but I mean, the Grammys really are so exciting. So I, yeah, I can't wait for Sunday night. Okay. So first things first, uh, the host is Trevor Noah. Hilarious. So excited about that. Um, I want to talk about him and what he'll bring to the show, but also Tiffany Haddish, right? She was supposed to host at least something for the Grammys and there was some drama around that. So, so let's talk about that too. She was supposed to host a Grammys pre-telecast and we found out, I mean, she's up for uh, best comedy album and Yeah, she spoke out in an interview saying that she turned down the offer because she wasn't going to be compensated for, I mean, her time, her hair, her makeup, her wardrobe. Nothing. So they weren't going to pay for hair and makeup. They weren't going to pay for her to do this. Like, who does that? No, crazy. (laughs) Um, But we do have Trevor Noah, who is hilarious. And I have been just watching him from his home with The Daily Show for so long. Are you excited to kind of see him clean it up a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, he's such a funny guy. I think he'll do a great job as host. But also, um, yeah, I mean, it'll be nice to see him. Yeah. You know, dressed up in a tux and yeah, a little clean cut. (laughs) He's going to be hilarious. So that'll be fun. Okay, who, who are the biggest surprise nominations this year? Yeah. So, I mean, and this may sound a little weird, but for me, one of the big surprises this year was Taylor Swift. Like, obviously, like in a lot of ways, she is kind of the Grammys golden girl. She's won 10 Grammys over the years. But I mean, her last two albums, Reputation and Lover, didn't get any major love from the Recording Academy. They um, got a few um, you know, genre nominations. And then with Lover, she had like, a song and record of the year. I mean, she has six nominations this year, five are for her new album, Folklore. And if she were to win album of the year this year with Folklore, that would she would make history as the first female to win 
that title three times. So it's 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 less of an underdog story, more of a comeback D- story for her. Yeah, definitely a very big <laughs> a comeback, a, a triumphant return for her. Regardless, love us some Tay Tay. Uh, uh, who are I would say uh, the biggest snubs that you've seen? I mean. We can't talk about snubs without talking about The weekend. Come on, let's get into it. What was that? I mean, completely <laughs> shut out this year for, I mean, his album After Hours, which was huge. And his, Epic. his hit single, Blinding Lights, which is arguably, not even arguably, like that was the biggest song of the past yeah. year. So it's... Yeah, to get no love from that is, I mean, it's pretty... And, and he has something to say about it, too, right? Like, he he said, look, don't submit my work anymore. He came out and said, Grammys, I'm cool off of you. Yeah, he's, at, the, at this point, he's done. He's like, yeah, like, stop submitting my work. Like, I don't need to be associated with you. And, I mean, this obviously, this isn't the first time we've seen a boycott from artists who aren't getting the love that they deserve. Yeah. Um, I'm really rooting for Janae Aiko. I don't know about you, but I, I love that she has been such a slow burn. I've always loved her, but to have this level of recognition, um, I think she could have a big night. But who, who are you looking at for Artist of the Year? Um, I mean, for... I would say for album of the year, for me, it's between... Yes, album, album of the year. Sorry, artist, album. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, for me, album of the year really comes down to, I mean, Taylor Swift, Folklore, um, Dua Lipa and her future nostalgia, and then maybe a little bit more of a long shot, but the the Heim sisters with Women in Music Part 3, I think it comes down to the three of those albums. And yeah. You said Dua Lipa, and I'm telling you right now, that was my album last year. Like, every time I was just getting so stressed out and tired and just couldn't pandemic anymore, I would turn that album on and... Like, how did I not know that I needed this? Yes, no, this disco <laughs> revival. Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, I think it comes between Dua Lipa and Taylor Swift. And they're both, I mean, because they're both pandemic albums, but they're such different pandemic albums. Like Dua, it was done before the pandemic and it came out right really as the world was shutting down. So that, that was my disco fever. I was dancing around in my bedroom. And then a couple months later, we got Folklore from Taylor, which is, I mean, that was created in isolation. We wouldn't have that album without quarantine. Well, I'm going to be bumping all of them this weekend, trying to get ready. Last thing, uh, just let people know how they can watch. And and will this be a fully virtual show? Yeah. So the Grammys this year are on CBS and they'll also be streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Um, and yeah, it is kind of a hybrid of virtual, but also in-person and also actual performances. And I mean, that's what I'm excited for. I don't know about you, but it's like, I've so missed live music this year. It'll be so good to see all of these A-list acts back on stage. It will be awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking me through it. Absolutely. Thanks, Janine. Guys, now I am back with managing editor of People.com, Charlotte Triggs, who is going to basically get into what everyone's going to be talking about this weekend, and that is J-Lo and A-Rod heading to Splitsville. Um, They're in Splitsville. It's official. Like, they live there now, right? Yeah, this is pretty shocking that they are split up, which... um to me, it feels very sudden, but according to sources, that's actually been something um, that might have been brewing already for a few months now. They've apparently been having some trouble. They've been on the rocks for about three months, and they have 
so much business together. They have a lot of um, business entanglements that they might have been strategizing about how they could actually break up because um, they've got so many things going on together. Yeah. So, but wait, how long have they been together? They're coming up on common law marriage at <laughs> yeah, this point. Yeah, it's like so they've been engaged right? for two years. They were together two years before that. I'm sure this past year honestly has tested everybody because it's like they were engaged in 2019. Jennifer spoke about the fact that they had to postpone their wedding twice because of the pandemic. They had something on the books that was, you know, I think the way she described it was something that was would be exactly how they wanted it, aka a big party. <laughs> you know, they're both people that have a ton of friends and a ton of contacts and, you know, fabulous. Oh, yeah. I mean, just look at her 50th birthday party. Like, he was there by her side. It was a blowout. There were superstar performances. And he was just, you know, in her entire orbit. I am. It's it's mind boggling to me. They're not here for, you know, discreet and and low key. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Yeah, they want to have a fabulous wedding. Yeah. So unfortunately, they had to move it twice. And then that kind of put a damper on things a bit. And then they had just decided to kind of wait and see what happens with the pandemic before they even make any more plans. Yeah. And so so let's talk about the kids, because they, they have really merged their families through this. She has the twins. He has two girls. Yeah, they've been living together basically as a blended family. Well, first of all, throughout this whole pandemic in close quarters, but they've been you know together as a blended family this whole time. And part of what seemed so different from some of the other high profile relationships she's been in is this um, kind of bonding with the children. A-Rod really seemed like a guy who was like absolutely on her level and like capable of being her equal, you know what I mean? In a way that most, many men couldn't be for her because she is like almost too fabulous. You know what I mean? Like so (laughs) powerful, so fabulous, you know, but he's, you know, hugely successful um, and, 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 and fun as well. Like he, you know, he really was able to just roll with her, the, the matching looks. I mean, Right. <laughs> <laughs> them stepping out and th- like he was just game for anything. I know so many people are going to be heartbroken. Absolutely. And they seemed like a perfect fit for each other. Perfect couple. They'd known each other actually years before and reconnected four years ago. And then they had that special spark that like made them realize, wait, this is something more. Um, but it is sad to think that, you know, their kids have bonded so closely over these last four years that this yeah. is going to have some sort of impact on the children. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And, and we had a source of I'm seeing our quotes now that says they were planning to buy this big mega mansion together and and that didn't happen. And then once they backed out of that deal, all the friends down in Miami kind of knew. Yeah, that seemed to be some kind of signal. I mean, it was, um, you know, I guess it's like during this whole pandemic, there's not that many opportunities for people to be like um, forward planning, right? Like you can't plan a big wedding. You can't really be like thinking about what's next because you don't know what's going to happen. But what you could do is nest together, build a home, buy a beautiful new home, like make it your own or whatever. And so that is about the one forward looking kind of thing that these guys could accomplish during this weird time that we're living in. And when that fell through, that seemed like um, a major signal to their friends. Wow. Okay. So there is a third name that's been swirling around the couple um, for several weeks now, and that's Southern Charms Madison LaCroix. So let's just tell people who she is and, and, and why she's even in this conversation. Right. So Madison LaCroix is a reality star who appears on Southern Charm, and um, she has been in the news of late for you know, flirtations slash dalliances with some like high profile men. And one of them was Jay Cutler. And uh, right as Kristen Cavallari 
you know, there was a, some drama there because Kristen, Kristen and Jay kind of um, made it appear as though they might have been getting back together. And then it turned out that it was in response to Madison and Madison leaked some texts from Jay showing that she, he had planned to come visit her. So then on the season finale of Southern Charm, which aired probably right around the beginning of February, they bleeped out the name of a man that she had been supposedly FaceTiming with and having conversations with and bragging about seeing who was, quote unquote, a married former MLB player. And Andy Cohen underscored the fact that he's very famously married and um, very, very, very famous. Of course, it turns out that the um, saying he was married was like their way of trying to be discreet and prevent the identity oh, from being okay. leaked. So strictly speaking, A-Rod wasn't married, but I guess, I don't know. They were just trying to kind of... Um, you know, to protect his identity, but very quickly, the, the internet and a lot of people pieced together who it likely was that she was talking about A-Rod. And she uh, went ahead and said that they had had FaceTime calls and messages and stuff like this. A-Rod's side said, uh, okay, I'm, maybe I'm in her DMs asking for recommendations for a restaurant in Charleston, but I've never met this woman so any idea that I cheated with her is ridiculous. Um, but And she said it, no, they also never physically met, right? Right. She said that they never physically met. But okay. a bunch of co-stars on the show did emphasize that she was bragging about being on a phone call with him. You know, of course, we have no idea. And she did deny that she had been part of any kind of cheating situation. But that's kind of almost not good enough. Like the scandal, there was a scandal that ensued anyway. Maybe they didn't ever meet, but you know, all of their names were kind of dragged through the mud and it's definitely embarrassing. And now this is, this is on the heels of that. I mean, not to say that it's connected in any way, we don't know, but this is on the heels of all of that drama. So we just know that it wasn't all, you know, butterflies and rainbows for, for a little while now, at least from, from that situation. Right. If nothing else, it's not a good look. It's not a look that, um, you know, Jennifer would wish to be a part of um, the idea of, you know, her fiance text, you know, texting or FaceTiming some other person. DMing, DMing. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm taking away from this conversation is dalliances. I'm, I'm, mm. <laughs> I love that word and I'm going to use it. So we don't get to you, use Charlotte. it that often. Right? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> Charlotte, thank you for breaking this down. And um, I'm a little heartbroken, but yeah, they'll be okay. Hour. They'll be okay. Next up, actor Ben Lawson from Firefly Lane, that new Netflix show all your friends are talking about. Stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you.
I am here now with an amazing actor who has just been giving us all joy and interest in this quarantine state that we're in right now via Netflix, uh, Ben Lawson, who stars as Johnny on Firefly Lane, uh, the show everyone is watching, everyone is talking about, is here with me now. How are you, Ben? I'm so good, Janine. How are you? I am really good. You have an awesome voice. (laughs) (laughs) Cultivated this voice over decades. I'm actually from Missouri, but I feel like... uh, (laughs) The Aussie thing gets me more ladies. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, no, this is yeah, this is this is my my stupid Queensland through drama school, living in LA for 13 years. Accent. I love it. It all works together for you. Uh, so, okay, Firefly Lane. This is just one of those shows that uh, just took on a life of its own on Netflix. And and you, 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 if you weren't watching it at first, your sister or your brother or whoever it was was saying, Hey, are you watching this show? Um, let's just tell everyone who isn't watching, um, (laughs) what your character is going through and, and where we leave off. Well, we don't want to give it away. Right. Okay. So if you haven't watched, just, just what can you tell me about Johnny? A little overview of the show. If you haven't yes, seen it, yes, it's about yes, yes. the friendship between two girls as they uh, grow into women over the course of about 30 odd years. And um, over that journey, my character, Johnny, um, hires them. They both come to work for me at a little news station um, in Tacoma, Washington. And then we time jump forward and it seems that I am, have married one of them and we're going through a divorce and I'm the boss of the other. So I'm, I sort of get embroiled into their world. They're this force of nature, these two women. Um, and everyone who sort of comes into their orbit is, uh, is kind of swept up into the hurricane. And I, J- Johnny Ryan, my character certainly is, and I have my own story and it, it uh, without giving any spoilers away, it's, um, the season ends with, um, there's something not great happening for my character. For sure. And so, so what has it been like working off of Catherine Heigl and, and Sarah Chocolate, like that trifecta that you guys have had to form for the show? I love those guys. Um, I love working with them. Uh, I've known them both for a while. I worked with Sarah on a pilot, a failed pilot back in 2010 and I worked with Catherine on a show in 2016, so 17, 16. So I've known them for a while, but I mean, uh, this is such a fun show. We kind of uh, have, we, we, you know, the chemistry between us is good. I think we kind of, you know, all uh, hang out off camera and we hang out on weekends and drink and mess around. So um, <laughs> when it comes time to shoot, it's kind of fun, you know? Good, good. And and again, your credits, there there have been many. I mean, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, Designated Survivor, which is my husband's, one of his favorite shows. Oh, really? All right. He, he's a big fan. Um, no Strings Attached, Bombshell, The Good Place, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings. Uh, you have been acting for a while now, Ben. My whole life, actually. <laughs> I started when I was 12, but it's taken me this long to get uh, yeah, a, bit, a good role on a hit show. So um, I'm really, you know, the way that this show has taken off has been crazy and something very, very new for me. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still pinching myself at the way it's been received. Feels like it has a future. So look, fingers crossed. This is that show. Fingers crossed. Look, look, things are going to change, Ben. The next time I talk to you, it's going to be like a leather jacket, <laughs> sunglasses. Real joke. You know. <laughs> 
I look forward to that. I can't wait to be at that level where I can be rude to people. They still want to talk to me, you know? <laughs> awesome. But but on the other side of things, behind the camera, um, you're a writer as well. And, and in 2020, you wrote uh, the poetry book To My Country. That was coming on the heels of just a really, really hard time um, for Australia. So, so take me into like what spurred you to, to just pick up the pen? Yeah, so... Um, if you missed it somehow, <laughs> Australia was on fire at the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020. Um, we had we had record-breaking bushfires. It's very, very bad for our, our country and our communities. Um, we lost over a billion animals. But uh, I was shooting Firefly Lane. I was in Vancouver, and um, I couldn't. I was I was a long way away from home. I was very upset. And um, during that time, I wrote this poem, and I put it on Instagram and it went a little bit viral. It sort of was shared around the world among Australians, you know, really sort of resonated with Aussies. And, um, and then it was turned into a book uh, last year to raise some money for uh, the Koala Hospital in Port Macquarie here in, in Australia. So, you know, it sort of became this, this thing that, you know, it was very unexpected but beautiful, um, you know, and has done some material good. So, um, so yeah, I'm really proud of it. And, you know, it's out there, you know, I've, when I came back to Australia, I was able to, you know, kind of do a little book tour and try to sell some copies. So, uh, yeah, it, that's, it's been cool. Nice, nice. And how are things out there? You know, you, when you're here in the States, it's all, you know, focused in, in terms of the pandemic um, on what we're going through. And it's been crazy, of course, over here. But how are things in Australia? Oh, I mean, you're going to hate me because it's pretty much normal. Um, Australia really took a hard line on it. We, uh, we got really serious really quickly and our border is, is, you know, like anyone coming into the country. Even when I came back into the country, I had to hotel quarantine for two weeks, which, you know, I couldn't leave this room for two weeks. It was horrible. You know, as a result, we get this great, this great quality of life where we, you know, and I've, I spent all last year in the United States. I know how, how rough it is there. And I, and I, you know, my heart goes out to all my friends who are still there. Um, but, uh, but look, I'm really happy to be home and to be able to go and, and live a normal life at the moment. And, and lastly, you say get back to normal life, but um, <laughs> this whole Firefly Lane thing uh, has turned you into a bit of a heartthrob. <laughs> so I don't know how, if how are you dealing old. with that? I think I, I, <laughs> I sit here eating muesli and drinking tea. Um, uh, look, I, I think I, I, you know, I'm in my 40s now. I don't know that uh, you can be a heartthrob at that age. But I will take it because it's better than being an out-of-work actor. So um, I, I'd much rather be a heartthrob, Janine. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think you're, you're proving that theory wrong. All right. Thank you so much, Ben. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. That was actor Ben Lawson. For more on him and Netflix's Firefly Lane, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. Remember crank calls? You know, back when people actually used the phone and jokesters would disguise their voice to get a rise out of whoever was on the other end? Well, Bono, yes, Bono from U2, has a daughter named Eve Hewson who stars in Netflix's Behind Her Eyes. And Eve could teach a masterclass about crank calling. In a recent interview, she recalled being a kid and getting a hold of dad's address book, also a thing of the past, but I hope I don't need to explain that one. And she found Justin Timberlake's number. Listen to what she did. Justin Timberlake picked up 
and um, we asked him trivia questions from the back of a cereal box. And uh, yeah, it was it was one of the best moments of my life. Still not clear if JT ever found out who she was. <laughs> and he so graciously kept answering her questions. Moral of the story, never give Bono your number, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Have a great weekend. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Maureen Malarkey, and Eliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew and Bahid Frazier. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikater, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartMedia and People.